We're back with another edition of Making Money with Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager, the financial coach we like to call him. I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. Ron and I have known each other for decades, like to talk about investing. And we mentioned we're going we're gonna to talk about tipping points, Ron. Um, I, I, I think... You know, I, I'm concerned about where we are financially with inflation and interest rates and things like Is that a tipping point? They're all major tipping points. And, of course, uh, you know, different cycles can make things react differently. But tipping points are typically periods in an economic cycle where many factors converge over a short period of time, causing dramatic change. So this is why bubbles burst. This is why markets collapse, because nobody understands when things reach a point where they become unsustainable and or things things dramatically change and other factors become far more important. And the old, uh, for example, if you go back to the 70s and 80s, where we had a huge Cold War, then Russia collapsed and the whole world opened up and we had the biggest bull market of all time. So you have to understand that chip tipping points can change things, and you have to be aware of them, especially the closer you get to retirement, because they provide opportunity, but they're also full of risk. And as an investor, you have to learn to navigate these times to protect your portfolio and also to profit. Well, you and I were around through those years, Ron, and uh, you know I think back on it. I, I don't like to dwell on it too much because I remember how tough it was. Right, uh, interest rates were through the roof. If you had money, it was a great time because you could get great returns on on things like GICs and stuff. But boy, if you were somebody that was uh, you know just sort of hanging on and living paycheck to paycheck, those were really dark days. And today's generation. You talk to them. Uh, you know, I talk to my young, my sons about it, and they have no concept. I said, you guys don't have any idea what this was like and how it could be, correct? Uh, I still remember my first mortgage court. Actually, it was a, we, we bought a house. We, we fixed it up. We sold it. We bought another house. And our interest rate was 16.5%. And the builder, because it was a new house, managed to get us uh, a, a subsidized rate at 14 and a half. And we thought we were really, 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 really lucky. And, you know, rates now are five to 6% for mortgages and people are complaining and that it's the end of the world. Well, you know, it could it, be a lot worse. <laughs> it could be a lot worse. And so one of the major uh, signals that you're at a tipping point is they occur when current financial trends are no longer sustainable. And I like comparing it to, uh, remember as a kid when I, you were you were more sophisticated than I was, Gord, so you probably never went through this. But as a kid, there was, uh, I think it was when I was in grade five or grade six, tops were a big thing where you could buy these tops and you'd, you'd, uh, you'd put string around them and then you'd throw them and then they'd spin. Right. And of course, uh, you could do all kinds of things with these tops. You could make the walk on the string. You could do all kinds of stuff. Anyways, when the top spins, when it starts spinning, it's got lots of momentum, so it keeps going. But eventually, it starts to wobble, and as it loses momentum, it eventually falls over. And so you have to differentiate when a, a trend is starting to wobble and fall over, and you've got to understand what could happen at that um, when that momentum leaves. And high debt levels and unsustainable valuations 
that don't reflect economic reality are two of the big factors, you know, and one was, for example, a financial meltdown of 2007 to 2009. I mean, when you're letting people buy homes that have, that are called Ninja, no income, uh, no job and no assets, and you expect a good outcome from that, well, that's, that's, that's just not reality. And, you know, change happens quickly. And my favorite quote of all time is Ernest Hemingway. When he was asked, how do you go bankrupt? He said two ways, slowly, then suddenly. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and people, people, people seem to think that just because it hasn't happened, it isn't going to happen. And debt is one of those things where all of a sudden it reaches a point where the compounding just goes crazy. And, you know, you see countries go for a long time and then they just crash. You see people go for a long time and all of a sudden the, the Ferrari is being towed away out of their driveway and they go bankrupt. And um, It's well documented. Our, 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 our debt burden in this country is, is way too high. Too many people are carrying too much debt, right? Yeah, absolutely. And compounding, uh, especially when you compare it to debt, Imagine a water leak at Wembley Stadium, big stadium in, in the U.K. The leak is one drop in the first minute that doubles every minute thereafter. How do you long do you think it'll take the stadium to completely be filled with water? Well, you'd think not a month. Be, it'd be a while, you would think. Yeah, it's not a week. It's 44 minutes. And to show you how fast this works, at the end of minute 43, the stadium is half full. At 45 minutes, the water would fill two stadiums. That's how quickly compounding works. And especially with debt, when it reaches a certain point and the amount you owe goes straight up, uh, debt is often the cause of a major tipping point when it you just can't sustain itself. And that certainly was what happened in the Soviet Union. They were putting so much money into trying to keep up with the West, that they just ran out of money and the, the country collapsed. And and it, it happened very quickly, and it happened so quickly that it just caught everybody by surprise. Even very astute uh, Russia followers were, were aghast at how quickly the Iron Curtain came down and how quickly the country just uh, just dissolved on itself. And so the magnitude of change is large. You know, the bear markets of 2000, 2007 dropped 49%, 57% respectively. And they, they had a long, slow ride up, you know, after the collapse of the Soviet Union. The markets took, they went up on average 17, 16%, 17% a year for, for, for over a decade. But they and went then, down in a big hurry. <laughs> and they went down in a big, big, big hurry. I mean, the, the tech wreck of uh, 2000, NASDAQ lost 80% in two years. So the timing catches everybody's surprise uh, by surprise. And greed and fear, which are the ultimate market drivers, are totally unpredictable. So that's why people tend to sit there with their mouths open as the flies buzz in and out, just totally shocked by the magnitude of the change. And, and the, the tipping points work both ways, don't they? I mean, there's a tipping point to the upside and a tipping point to the downside. I would think the upside tipping point's a lot slower than the downside tipping point. Yeah, they say that markets go up on an escalator, you know, and if you get into an escalator at a shopping mall, 
You know, you, you eventually get there to the next floor, but it takes a while. Well, if you go in an elevator, it's a lot shorter journey, and it happens much faster. Well, that's how markets move, typically up on an escalator and down on an elevator. So uh, as you move into retirement, you have to be careful because, like the tech bubble, the fall of the Soviet Union, the Russia-Ukrainian war, and the aftermath of, of, of that, I mean, we're looking at um, where, where markets reacted almost immediately to that. Then you, you mentioned, what about the marijuana bubble? There's a good example, right? A marijuana bubble is a classic bubble. You know, here again, people thought there was absolutely no end to this trend. And we did shows. Um, yeah, we tried that, to warn people. <laughs> yeah, we did shows, warn people. And, and very simply, you know, when we ran the numbers gourd, it was very simple. We're producing way, way more uh, marijuana than there was demand for. And, of course, the government thought that by just legalizing it, they'd get rid of the black market. Well, today, still, I think two-thirds of marijuana sales are, are the black market. At least that's the recent survey that I read. And if somebody has any more, uh, any other numbers on that, I'd be glad to hear them. But, you know, it's hard to compete with somebody who doesn't pay taxes who sells things out of the trunk of their car and doesn't need infrastructure and employees and all these other things. So for people who are looking for the cheap buzz, you know, uh, you've got a lot of competition that can provide product cheaper for you. So, you know, our conclusion was that, you know, this is not a sustainable business and there's a tipping point coming and, and we certainly were right on it. And I hope a lot of people were able to get out in time because, uh, you know, the stocks that we're trading at uh, $50, $100, some of them are in the pennies now. And most investors got wiped out with this stuff. Okay, let's talk about an example of a, of a future tipping point. And, and I think it the biggest one is debt, right? Yeah, the, and of course, people uh, talk about the debt ceiling and how responsible governments are uh, in the U.S. where they're, they, they put a, a debt ceiling. Well, uh, they initiated the debt ceiling in 1917, and that was to restrict uh, reckless spending. But they've raised the debt ceiling, I think now, they've raised it 107 times. Uh, I know they've raised it at least 100 times. So they've raised it virtually every year. And just recently again, right? Yeah, yeah. And politicians pass a budget in the fall, and they pretend to fight over raising uh, the taxes to be able to pay for it in the spring. And this annual gong show makes them look both foolish and incompetent. They sit there patting themselves on the back of how diligent they are. And literally, they do it while Rome burns. And, of course, this is a classic example of a tipping point that hasn't happened yet. But it's going to happen. And if you get a chance, go online, listen to Stanley Druckenmiller. He had uh, a speech that he gave the University of Southern California to their MBA program. And of course, Stanley Miller was uh, in charge of George uh, Soros Quantum Fund and one of the greatest investors or traders of all times. And the first 15 minutes of this presentation focuses on how programs for seniors will take up as much as 60% of the budget by 2035, leaving a very small pie for everything else. So you know, there's some big problems out there that need to be dealt with, and they just keep getting kicked down the road. And eventually, this is going to lead to a tipping point, and it's not going to be pretty for anyone. 
So what do we do now as an investor? We obviously take a look at our portfolios and decide, are, are we in a sector that's a little too risky? Is this a good time for a review, Ron? Yeah, it's a good time to review and look at those things where, where that you could see a lot of change over the next few years. And so build balanced portfolios is the best way to protect yourself and literally keep your ears up and be open to change because politics, wars, economic realignment, you know, uh, ESG, uh, they change things. You know, the environmental movement has, has really changed things. So you've got to be uh, looking at these things with an open mind and having the ability to change with it. And also, you need to limit your position size. So diversification, and we're going to be talking about a 60-40 portfolio uh, in the next couple of weeks here of how to how to protect yourself so that you've got add some shock absorbers to your portfolio. And these are all things that you need to think about. And, you know, as retirement approaches, you don't want a tipping point wrecking it. So you, you really want to have a heads up and be well diversified and not overexposed to any one thing. You have a, a suggestion of something you might want to read in regard to this. Yeah, there's a great book called The Black Swans by Nassim Taleb. And essentially, black swans are, are events that tend to hit you over the back of the head and come out of nowhere and uh, squash both you and your portfolio. And so if you want to get some information on how to recognize these things and especially how to structure yourself to protect yourself from it, uh, that is a very good read. And he talks about the knows here, the know-hows, right? Yeah, yeah. We know what we know. We know what we don't know. But the really dangerous stuff is the stuff we don't know what we don't know. And typically, that's the, those are the, the factors that really hurt people, is they think they know everything when they really don't know what they don't know. So uh, this book helps you to uh, identify those areas. So here we are in, in kind of stormy waters right now. Uh, well, maybe choppy waters. Uh, that may be a little more generous. Uh, they could get stormy. So you want to be prepared for this. And next week's show is, is one way that you, you can sort of prepare yourself. That's talking about budgeting, right? Yep. The 50-30-20 rule is, uh, is an easy way to budget. And for, for a lot of people, Gord, budgeting is something they do not want to talk about. They do not want to discuss because it's, uh, it re- it's restrictive, it takes work, uh, and people just have a hard time sticking with something they don't like to do. So uh, this approach is makes budgeting a lot easier to do, and we're always trying to find ways for the listeners of our program to look at investing and find systems that are easy to use that, and that, are, that work really, really well. Back with that information next week on the next edition of Making Money. On behalf of Ron Hebert, the financial coach, I'm Gord Whitehead. We'll talk to you next time. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.